couple more minutes and we will get started here. Okay, well, let me start us out here. I'll introduce myself and as others join, I will let them in. If you could, what we're gonna do is we're gonna have a presentation. And then if we have time at the end, we will open it up for a time of questions. Um, so if you could mute yourself uh, for now, and then when we open it up for questions, then you can unmute yourself, mute yourself at that point. Um, my name is Tim Fortescue, and I am a life coach based in the San Francisco uh, area, but I have the opportunity to work with clients uh, throughout the country, specializing in holistic health and just meeting people where they are and helping them ask those questions that can get them to kind of more of their true self and ideally and where they're going. Um, if you are interested, I am going to put a a link in the chat and what you can do if you go there and register I will send you a recording of this meetup if you're interested in that so let me put that in the chat and if you would like to go register there in addition to that you'll also have a link to Dr. Millen's uh, page so that you can find her if you have questions as well as find a link to a Facebook group where we can continue the dialogue if we would like that Dr. Millen is also a part of. But having said that, let me introduce uh, Millen. She is a friend of mine also based here in the Bay Area. She's a DNP, so a medical professional. And so she is going to share a little more about herself and then give us a presentation on health screening and intermittent fasting. So, Millen? Go ahead and I will turn it over to you. And again, if you could uh, mute yourself until we open up for a time of questions, if we have time. Hi, everybody. Um, I hope you're doing well this first Monday of the new year. So happy new year to all of you. Um, uh, I am Dr. Milan Chivarker. I'm a family nurse practitioner. I've been working for many, many years in the medical field. Sometimes I hate to say how many years because it will age me, but um, no, it's, it's almost 20 years uh, plus. And I am currently in a functional medicine practice and we are helping folks with finding the root cause of disease and, you know, just getting healthier, very much like Tim, um, trying to help people find their true self and true health. And so this new year, I figured a lot of people have questions about how to eat healthy, specifically how to lose weight. I know uh, all of us are in that boat, a lot of us are in that boat. And um, I'm sure many of you have friends who are doing intermittent fasting and so questioning whether intermittent fasting is for you. And so I put together this presentation so that we could kind of go over some of the medical facts on intermittent fasting and maybe um, you know, give you some guide on where to go with that if that's something you're interested in. And of course, if you 
want some medical or professional help with that, we are happy to help you with that. Uh, so of course, I just wanna give everybody this disclaimer that the contents of this presentation are for education only. And if you do need medical advice, we ask you to go see your health professional or physician, or of course you're um, welcome to contact us for help and um, do not delay getting any um, help, health advice if uh, you, know, you, you are experiencing something to, to not wait, okay? And so I think the biggest question is why do we have this epidemic um, in, around, not only in the US, but around the globe of weight and chronic, dis chronic disease? And so we all know that we have this obesity epidemic and um, it really started taking off in the last uh, you know, 40, 50 years. And it really was a result of, I think uh, in part, we can blame the medical field for looking at heart disease as the next great epidemic and convincing everyone to start eating low fat diets, which resulted in high carbohydrate diets. And from 1976 to 1996, we decreased our fat, con uh, fat calories from 45 to 35%. Um, I always joke, remember margarine, because I remember my mom going and buying margarine instead of butter because we were told butter was bad for us. But this sort of push from the medical, uh, it was a Harvard medical professor who said that we should be eating less fat. And, and unfortunately that resulted in all of us eating more carbohydrates and obesity increased from 15 to 40% in our nation. And other causes can be genetic. Of course, uh, twin studies show that uh, genetics plays a part in uh, weight gain. And, and um, then this kind of debunks our idea that, uh, you know, this, I think some people think of this thrifty gene hypothesis that um, because we have a lot of food um, you know, we're using it and we're saving it on our bodies and then this is causing obesity. But our, we do have hormones that tell us when to stop eating. Uh, we also have theories on calories in and calories out. And um, this was kind of erroneous thinking. Uh, we looked at, uh, we, we kind of tell patients, I know uh, we've, I've been part of that. I mean, I've been in the medical field for 20 plus years you know, a lot, you'll hear a lot of medical providers say, oh, if you reduce your calories, um, you're going to lose weight. Well, we know when people reduce their calories, they actually decrease their caloric expenditure, meaning your basal metabolic rate goes down. And so it's not, it's not a stable thing. It goes up and down as you eat. And so our brain compels us to eat when we are eating, when we're not eating enough. And these fat stores are regulated. We also know that all calories are not equal. You know, you have a piece of broccoli and you have a piece of candy. They're not the same. They might be the same number of calories. They're not the same thing. Each food is going to have a different response in your body. And, you know, we've done a lot of blame. You know, we, we whenever somebody is overweight or has weight, weight issues, uh, they have a lot of self-blame and they feel that it's their fault. Um, but we know that eating less does not result in lasting weight loss. We've also been told in the past, and this is the myth of exercise, that exercise is what's going to help us lose weight. Well, exercise has great health benefits. It does help your cardiovascular system. Um, but we in America are, we're one of the countries that actually exercises the most. Um, most Americans exercise 135 days a year. 
But with so much exercise, our obesity rates have not fallen. And this kind of plays into that calories in calories out theory where, you know, if you eat less and you exercise more then you're going to lose weight. Um, again, uh, it affects your metabolic rate. And so your metabolic rate is tightly controlled. Mm -hmm. And so far exercise has not shown in the studies to help with weight loss, long-term weight loss. Uh, we are though less active and this may play a part. So exercise is different than activity, but moving is really important and we're not moving as much. We may exercise every day or go out for an hour and walk, but we may be then sitting all day at a computer, not doing as much as we normally do staying indoors. So this is also impacting our health. Another thing that may be impacting weight and obesity is the nutrient value of our foods, which has decreased. We're uh, in America eating a lot of highly processed foods, which are simple carbohydrates. Um, soda has had a big impact on weight, uh, desserts and specialty foods. I know a lot of us like to watch the food channel and all these fancy foods. And of course, eating a lot more of those fancy foods with a lot more sugars is going to increase um, carbohydrates are going to are going to lead to um, weight issues as well. And then another important factor that might be affecting how we absorb foods is pesticide use and antibiotic use. And we know those two things are altering our gut microbiome. And if our gut, gut microbiome, and this is a whole nother topic we can talk about at another session, but our gut microbiome affects the way we absorb nutrients from our food. A couple other things that might be leading into weight are Changes in our hormones, which could be as a result of, you know, aging, uh, menopause, of course, is affecting uh, our estrogen, testosterone. Oops, bless you, whoever that was. <laughs> and um, stress is, of course, affecting our sleep. Uh, aging is going to affect our metabolism and our nutrient absorption. And then there's this new term called inflammaging, which is um, sort of low-grade chronic inflammation that is happening with aging. And that is also contributing to obesity, weight, and issues of um, nutrition. And so the, a lot of this is based on Jason Fung's new book on the obesity epidemic. I actually was going to bring the book and I, I forgot. It's a great book. Um, he, he talks a lot about these sort of theories on obesity and weight. And um, we know that, you know, reducing calories isn't helping. And, you know, of course we're blaming patients for not eating right and exercising, not exercising enough, but really obesity is a, a hormonal dysregulation of the fat and excessive eating might be a result of obesity and not causing obesity. And this new hormonal theory, um, shows that calories in and out are synchronized, meaning, you know, your body's regulating everything very tightly. Uh, the hormonal signals adjust your basal metabolic rate to either gain or lose weight, that how hungry you are and how full you feel are determining what we're eating. And fat stores are tightly regulated and respond to food intake and activity levels. And different calorie, calories cause different metabolic responses. Again, the broccoli versus the candy, you're going to have different metabolic responses from eating different kinds of food. So this is moving, we're moving into intermittent fasting now. And I know a lot of you are wondering where is this related to? And I think this hormonal theory really looks at insulin as the, the cause of obesity and that 
your hypothalamus is determining your set body weight. Your body weight's really tightly regulated. And when you're overweight, your insulin levels are high and it's causing you to actually store more fat and causing you to feel hungry uh, because your body's short of energy if it's storing it. And therefore it's just sort of this vicious cycle of um, you know, gaining weight and gaining fat stores. And um, the, the, when you're short of energy, then your hormones are released to increase your hunger and decrease your satiety or fullness. So you can thwart this for a short period of time with fasting. Fasting would be completely not eating. But when you fast for long periods of time, you're slowing your metabolism. So again, um, you're that sort of tightly regulated what you eat, um, how many calories you're expending um, is, is regulated by your body. And so obese patients do have higher fasting insulin and that insulin is causing that exaggerated response to food and the higher insulin levels are setting that body weight. And so Jason Fong, who's, who's really, he's becoming really well known for this, um, has said that intermittent fasting is sort of the tool or a powerful tool to resetting your insulin levels and lowering, um, lowering that, um, intermittent fasting is gonna lower your insulin levels and therefore lower, potentially lower your weight. Now studies are not bearing out that intermittent fasting is help to prove it helps uh, weight loss in the long term. But we do know there's a lot of benefits to intermittent fasting, and a lot of cultures do intermittent fasting. Um, you hear of, you know, for example, Muslims have Ramadan, I know, um, and other cultures, other religions have as well. I'm going to mute some of you there. <laughs> um, so we know that a lot of cultures have. Uh, these intermittent fasting, and this may be one of the the great ways of, that have been there for a long term, long long time to control weight. Um, what's great about intermittent fasting? It doesn't require any special diets. It's convenient. You can do it to what works for you. And so here are a lot of the proven benefits of intermittent fasting, and you can see there's a long list there: insulin resistant, decreasing insulin resistance, decreasing cholesterols, decreasing blood pressure decreasing inflammation in the body, decreasing cancer, cellular turnover and um, repair. It does increase fat burning, increases growth hormone, which is important for weight, uh, increases your metabolic rate and improves memory and cognition. And of course, a lot of us are seeing friends and family who are losing weight with intermittent fasting. So I just want to warn anybody who's interested in intermittent fasting that if you're pregnant or breastfeeding, you have an eating disorder, or you have some metabolic disorder, you wanna be careful in doing this. And you of course wanna consult with your medical provider. And then people with diabetes who are on insulin or uh, a drug called sulfonylureas, uh, anybody who's got advanced cancer, children, you know, we, we don't want children to do intermittent fasting without consulting their pediatrician anybody who has uh, renal stones, gout, um, you know, gastroesophageal reflux disease or malabsorption, I'm gonna mute it. Sorry about that. <laughs> um, then you don't really wanna be doing that. So there's a couple different types of intermittent fasting. We have alternate day fasting, modified alternate day fasting. We have a 5-2 protocol or a time-restricted feeding. Alternate day fasting is of course you're fasting every other day. Modified is 
you're doing about 25% of your usual intake. Uh, so meaning you're, you're not really truly fasting, but you would be eating less. Uh, five, two protocols that for two days you're eating 25%. Um, and then time restricted feeding is sort of the more popular one that you're hearing everybody talk about. And let's go over time restricted feeding. So that's, you have an eating window and you can see here, there's a 12, 12, um, which is you eat for, you, you're able to eat for 12 hours. And of course you would not be eating for 12 hours. And then probably a more extreme version would be, you're not eating for 18 hours. Uh, you're eating for six hours and not eating for 18 hours. And of course this includes the time that you're sleeping. So I just like to give a few tips because I have worked with clients on intermittent fasting. And, um, you know, number one, I always ask people, why do you want to do intermittent fasting? Um, just because, you know, of course the research isn't proven that it's a great way to lose weight, but I am seeing it with clients. And so we are doing it. And I think there's a couple of reasons why we're not seeing it successful in the research. And I'm going to go over that. Um, I always tell people go really slow. So maybe start with one of the lower windows. Um, you might want to skip a meal like breakfast or dinner or make it work for you and your family. Um, consider what other activities you're doing, get support from others around you. Uh, drinking water is really important in fasting. And, um, you know, one of the first ways I tell people to start is to um, eliminate their snacks. And I think snacking is a big issue, um, which is again, you know, if you're snacking, you're constantly raising your insulin levels. And then eventually you want to add some exercise uh, if you're not uh, exercising um, to that regimen. So here is sort of what I tell people to do is to draw a circle with the clock and kind of figure out when you're going to eat, when you're not going to eat, what other things that you've got planned, you know, if you're on medications or supplements, um, you know, if you do meditation or yoga or exercise, you want to plan that all out around what your eating window is. And if you're exercising, I always tell people to exercise before they eat. Um, so I think one of the reasons a lot of people aren't, suc aren't successful with intermittent fasting is that they don't have a good nutritional base. Uh, if you are lacking nutrition and vitamins and minerals, you will get hungry because your body is lacking those nutrients. So having a good, you know, for my clients, we make sure everybody's got multivitamins, they've got their vitamin D, they've got their omega, you know, things that are going to help them succeed in this intermittent fasting. Um, if you have hormonal imbalances, that's going to make it tough. Um, if you are depressed, low in energy or binging, you know, we want you to get help so that we can figure out why you're, you're having those feelings. So just from my perspective as a medical provider, who's doing functional medicine and functional medicine is this branch of medicine where we're looking for a root cause of disease. You know, we want to augment the body with as much nutrition and natural supplements, herbs, that can help with whatever dysfunctions are going on. Because when you're approaching intermittent fasting, you wanna come from a place of stability. Some of the tests we offer are looking for hormonal imbalances, looking for um, gut dysbiosis or microbiome issues, and then doing a nutritional analysis to figure out 
where your nutrients off so that we can support you with supplements and herbs to make your intermittent fasting more successful because you do need those nutrients. And if you don't get them, you're going to get hungry and want to eat. So um, that's just a little bit of information on intermittent fasting. I know a lot of people are interested in it. Um, you know, I, I talk to people about it all the time and I've got several clients doing intermittent fasting along with, um, nutrient supplements and we're seeing a lot of success with that. Uh, if you are interested in more help around this, um, you know, I'm available at info at lotusintegrativehealth.com. There's my number and we can put it in the chat, maybe Tim, um, but that's a quick overview of intermittent fasting. And I thought maybe we can take some questions or 